it is the post worlds episode of Man. borderline alongside my stevie's buddy that's right buddy. neighbors i'm jeff thanks for joining us this week <laughs> hey i had a blast with you um at the awards ceremony that, that's yeah. a lot of fun I'm, I'm not sure how many you got how many years you guys have done i don't know if last year was the first year for them yeah. this is the second year but yeah what a great idea because there's so many well-deserving people for awards, lifetime achievement awards, um, to honor those who have passed, just like they do at other, you know, major award ceremonies. Yeah, um, a somber moment, but still so uh, well deserved for their families. Um, you know, great to recognize them and all the achievements. I mean, the the sport is really starting to get to a level right now where, um, I mean, these awards really mean something, right? And and I love, like I said, was this the second year? It, it yeah. was great. The second year, and then. To your point, I think just getting nominated means a lot. I mean, obviously someone has to win and the votes come in and, you know, it's all it's all a lot closer than people realize. But I mean, the fact that you're nominated, I, I think, speaks volumes. I mean, especially some of the like I think breakout player of the year was a lot closer than people realize. MVP was a lot closer than people realize as far as was it. OK, yeah. I really struggled with that. So I mean, I I'm, think I'm, everyone did. And that, yeah. that was, I mean, I, I think it played out properly. Oh yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I yeah, saw, but uh, you know that was that was a tough one. That was I, I really I really went back and forth with that. I I feel like my other, I think the other ones I voted on were fairly straightforward for me, but the MVP one I really put some really hey, put some thought into that one. I, I've got I've got a serious question. You ready? Yeah. You are now not only the voice of cornhole. But but you are now the voice of how many how many extra sports now, especially air guitar. That was just, awesome. Just air guitar. Yeah that that was uh, that was amazing. I mean, I, it's literally as soon as we got done with that with that performance, um, I thought to myself, "Wow, that either went really good or really bad." And I don't I know. Sure, but I, yeah, we actually, we actually got a lot. We actually got a lot of really good feedback and. We got done, and I'm like, oh, my God, I know I'm going to get an email tomorrow from ESPN say, saying, thank you so much for everything you've done, but your services will no longer be needed. <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. That was awesome. And, and the energy in the building, like, I, and yeah. the chaos, right? We finished this massive broadcast and then chaos for 10 minutes. You didn't really get, I mean, the, but the the people that worked with Rock Hill uh, Sports and Events Center, Yes. Our production staff, all the the, the uh, Tupelo Raycom folks, berserk, absolutely berserk for about ten to fifteen minutes. I mean, it was chaos to yeah, the point where I backed away. Point. I mean, I helped for a second and then realized I was more in the way than I was anything else, and I just kind of just kind of backed up and watched it all take place. But the energy that those, I think that the cornhole players could just take a little bit of that. The energy that those people brought. Look, no one in there knew anything about it, right? Those were leftover fans of ours, except for a few friends and family of the air guitarists. They all stayed because of the energy those folks brought in the building. It was wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it was. And, and that's their thing, right? I mean, yeah. it, and that, and I think that was probably one of the best things about the broadcast is that is that the analysts I was I was working with, they're like the Trey Ryder of air guitar, right? Yeah. So it's N Nordic Thunder is the one guy who was dressed <laughs> like kind of a, kind of a, uh, uh, a, a a throwback caveman slash warrior 
Yeah. And uh, and then Dirty Airy was the other guy who's dressed up as kind of a rock star. And, <laughs> I mean, that that was the, by the way, for those who don't know, that was the that was the thing behind the wig and the sunglasses for me because you know we're about ready to go on the air and here these guys show up in full costume. And I'm like, well, I look like a square now. You know, I'm like in my ESPN <laughs> polo and my nice khakis. I'm like, this is weird. And they're like, well, dude, do you want to dress up? And I'm like, uh, uh, and sure. I, at this point, I can't say no, right? <laughs> so all of a sudden, poof, hypes brings me out a wig and some and some sunglasses, and and so away we went with the open. So but, before, but yeah, but so that's their that's their thing. And, you know, it's it's and, and, but so what I was gonna say was that in the open. I think one of the greatest things that they can say, Nordic and and Dirty, right away, were like, hey, listen, we know those of you watching tonight, the joke's on us. We get it. But let us just entertain you. Like, you know what? Just yeah. open up your mind for just a minute and let us just entertain you. And that's and I, I think that allows the the audience to kind of let their guard down and just and just enjoy it. Right. And just and just say, all right, let's try this out and see what the hell's about ready to happen. <laughs> you you guys didn't see it, but a lot of those participants or I guess contestants, whatever the terminology is for those guys and girl, they were starting to kind of fill in behind the scenes, but no one knew who they were. Right. So like all of a sudden these really oddly dressed people started showing up kind of back of house and everyone's like, are they about to make some political statement? Are they going to run on there? Like no <laughs> one knew who they were. And so like the one guy that's wearing basically nothing, but like the little leather skirt thing and all like these people yeah, started showing up and we, no one knew who they were. They just started kind of, everyone's like, man, what's about to happen? Is this going to get really weird on yeah. TV? But uh, they were awesome. Who was your favorite? Who who was your favorite? And then we'll get back to Cornhole. You know, I didn't watch it long enough. I mean, I liked the girl, the girl that won. I liked mom jeans. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sasquatch, the the Jack Link Sasquatch was my favorite. Just random. And the fact that he was one of the judges, too. That was just amazing. I mean, how tall was that dude? Uh, in real, I've, I've, I met him in real life. He's he's a taller guy in real life, actually. So yeah, he had to have been because he was yeah. he was pretty massive. By the way, I might be coming down with a little something from that week and a half up there. Are you are you a little tired? I'm tired. I'm fine. I just think I'm. I don't know. I think my system just like slow down for a second. I'm tired. I, I really am. Like like you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday, and yeah. so we're we're two full days removed from it now. Yeah. And uh, I'm still I'm still a, a little bit. T- it's it's mentally and, and I'm, I'm not going to do what was me because the players. I mean, my God, yeah. the hundreds of thousands of steps that they put in is, yeah. is amazing. But, you know, for us, it's more of a mental grind, grind. to be yeah. on the whole week and for all the broadcasts and interviews and everything. So for us, it's more of a mental That's, grind. But, isn't that but yeah, so I, my 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 physically, I feel fine. I'm sure the players are exhausted physically. Yeah. But, I, my I mean, mind how about, is, is tired. How about the players having to, like, a lot of them go back to work on Monday? Oh, my God. Yes. That's a great point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on. How tired. I mean, this week I hope, is going to be a, took waste. a vacation, an extra vacation day if they had one. Yeah. But I mean, they on, had to take Monday. a vacation the whole week prior, right? And like, yeah. that's just, by the way, there's a kid out there named Maximus McClain. You're my <laughs> guy forever. The greatest Love name. It. He's like 12. Right, Maximus. Of course, he is. Yeah, just the best name ever. Oh my god, I love that. All right, let's hey, let's get right to this real quick because okay. because the, the the timing of our guest today is absolutely perfect. Uh, he's going to join us here in about five minutes, but uh, I've got a serious question to ask you. Okay, 
Uh, speaking of the energy, right, with air guitar, I mean, just incredible energy in that building. Where do we want this sport to be? And I can't wait to get into this. I don't want to shy away from this. Um, I saw all kinds of different different um, comments on Facebook, you know, just, just social media in general. Where do we want this sport to be? Do we want the sport to be golf? Do we want it to be a gentleman's game? Or do we want it to be like the NBA and, and some other sports where there's some serious trash talk going on? Like, what, what do you... what? Do you, can you get a feeling Honestly, either way? Because I was surprised. Honest, my, I was surprised that I, I was surprised at some of the player. I'm not going to name anybody or call anybody out, but I was surprised at some of the players who were kind of objecting to what happened during the championship. But, but again, you know, I, I don't know. Like, where do we want to be? Like, I don't mind it. Do you? I've played other sports. If you play, yeah, you have. If you play any sport competitively, not just. I'm not talking about your church league lower. I'm talking about anything beyond middle school sports. And you play it competitively. You're going to hear trash talk. It's an inherent part of every sport. The fact that we have people that are upset by that shows you how far we have to go if we want to be considered a real sport. It's not golf. Let's not pretend that it is golf. Now, I think there's just like in other sports and football and basketball where you see, it, especially basketball where it's so you can see it and hear it. So, re you know, readily when you're watching sports, there are lines, right? There's a line that you take trash talk to and you can cross it and go too far. I think when you start getting really personal, right? When you, when, Absolutely. When, when the personal attacks about maybe someone or someone's family or something like that, that's taking it too far, but talking a little smack, I mean, about being nervous. I mean, I thought what Jordan said, might be number one in the world, but he still gets nervous. What's wrong with that? What's yeah, as, not, that? as long as he's not disparaging him, I don't have I don't I, have a problem with it either. Like when, I, when we do when we do college basketball games, we're literally sitting right on the court, just oh, like what we are yeah. for cornhole. You would not believe, and by you, I don't mean you, Bernie. I mean yeah. people, you know, the, the listener out there. You wouldn't yeah. believe what what I hear out of the mouths of teenage college kids going back That's and true. forth with other Absolutely. players. And the, and the names that they call each other, I mean, it actually does get a little bit um, heated and disparaging from time to time. I got but, called but maybe, maybe Taylor is it, more is than it I can different? Count. Is it different because we're kind of a crossover between golf and bat? Like in basketball, the we're crowd can't really but hear. We're not a crossover. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, no. Hear me out. I, I mean, as far as the fan experience goes, because not not as far as the actual sport goes, because like in college basketball, again. Or in the NBA, I'm talking about the guys trash talking to each other, but the fans can't hear it because it's just naturally loud in there, right? And they're and they're removed from the court. In right. cornhole, I mean, the fans are right there, right? They can hear every word, and it's it's deathly quiet. Like literally, at one point on the national TV broadcast, I said the only thing you can hear right now is the air conditioning unit, right? And it was true. But so so I mean, is that is that what made it stand out? Is that is that what what made it offensive to people? I, I don't I mean, know. I don't I get mean, it. If you do you want to talk openly and honestly about this? Yeah. This, this is a cultural well, I mean, you thing. You don't have to. No. White well, whatever whatever people, you're comfortable look, look, with. Just listen. Listen. White people, for whatever reason, have an issue with things like this. Some white people. I shouldn't say all. But this comes down to a cultural difference. If you've played, once again, any sport, not just sitting in your backyard, but if you've truly played, if you played football, basketball, any type of contact or physical game where you are right next to your opponent, 
You heard trash talk. You just did. And it upsets. It still upsets lots of people today. If you go on message boards for college basketball teams or even pro teams, you'll see the people complaining about the trash talk. And 98.99.9% of the time, if you look up their profile, middle-aged white guy. It's just not, it's just not supposed to be whatever, man. Yeah. You know, that's just that's just how sports are. And well, it's interesting at- because they should they should watch college football and have the offensive linemen mic'd up. Uh oh my they, god. They're not exactly uh clean of mouth, let's say. It's on look that's <laughs> so what to I mean. me it's not a cultural thing, but I mean it, what I mean by as far culture, as the reaction to it, it, it I, I mean more of an what age, you're saying it's as far more as the reaction you guys thing. are getting to it, I, I don't know about, but as far yeah, as those who do it. It's it's it's, oh, it's multicultural, everybody. yeah. It's it's everybody, but the people that seem to be upset by it, it seems to go down one line, right? Honestly, and if you and if you look at even the, look at the people complaining about Jordan this week, look who they are, ninety eight percent of them, middle aged white people. Game shouldn't be, we shouldn't do that, we shouldn't be saying those kinds of things, blah blah blah. Why not? Says who? Is your moral compass more important than mine? Like, I don't understand where that feeling that you know better than everyone else in the world comes down. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I guess that, I guess that's why I asked the question to begin with is that, you know, where do we want to be? Do we want to be golf and be a gentleman's sport? Because that was my question to, to people who were talking about it after the event. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm just there to broadcast. Right. So I'll do whatever. If you guys want it to be golf, we'll do golf. If you guys want it to be basketball and have some trash talking, that kind of stuff going on, like like a lot, lot of other sports, I'm good with that too. It's it's whatever the players want. So yeah. so I mean, the handful of people that I that I talk to, they're like, hell no, we don't want this to be golf. I'm like, okay, well then people shouldn't be complaining about it, right? You can't have it like yeah. It's I understand that people feel offended when someone is talking to them. I mean, grow up a little bit, toughen your skin up a little bit. I mean, you haven't. Maybe you haven't. I've had tons of things said about me just in our little cornhole world, right? I mean, yeah, sorry. I mean, you're the most hated guy in cornhole. Most hated guy in cornhole <laughs> because I say things that are relatively an honest take on things. I may be wrong, but it's my opinion, right? People just can't seem to, I don't know. People just don't like having their feathers ruffled. And look, if your skin is so thin that something like that bothers you, you probably shouldn't play sports. Yeah, My you're not, yeah, they're not, you're true. not built for it. In you're not all other sports the, except for golf, you're gonna you're gonna hear it. I hear it all and, the time. By the way, have you golfers may not do it on the tee box? They yeah, chatter. They, they they chatter. Trust me. There's there's friendships on the PGA tour, and there's guys that can't stand each other. Yeah, they're all passive aggressive though. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not going to be a loud in your face thing, but it'll right. be a challenge of the ball where it lies. I mean, it'll it'll be little things just to get in your head, like right. maybe yeah. taking a little extra long with a putt, maybe maybe a couple of extra backswings, maybe a little clearing of the throat as you're getting ready to like they do that sort of stuff to each other. It's just not as visible and as as witnessable as right. it is in a sport like basketball where it's a hundred percent noticeable. But like to your point, football. Man, you want to talk about people talking. They're yeah. always talking, but you can't see it because of the helmets. Right. Always talking. All right, again, perfect timing on the subject and, uh, and and the guest that we have today. So our guest, as many of you probably already know by now, is Jordan Power. He was from Flat Rock, Michigan, raised by a single mom. 
Uh, when I first met him, he was a student at, at Eastern Michigan, and he was also working just to try and make ends meet. Uh, he's a baseball player, basketball player, really good athlete back in high school. He also bowled in college. Um, one of the funniest stories is when I first talked to him, he told me how he just was not good at all in cornhole. So I can't wait to also talk to him if we have time about how he actually practiced to get good because there's so yep. many of us who start that way. And now he is a world champion. In the ACL Devils uh, with Jay Rubin. So please welcome to the show for the first time, Jordan Power. Hey, Jordan. What's going on, guys? How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, man. Congratulations, first off, on the uh, Devils win. And uh, hopefully Bernie's not dying. You okay? You okay, Bernie? Yeah, maybe. Wow. I mean, we knew we had a celebrity in our midst, but I didn't think it was going to choke you up. It got me choked up, man. Lord. Hey, congrats! Congrats on that win, brother. I mean, uh, how much attention have you received over the last forty-eight to seventy-two hours since since that yeah. win, good or bad? Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, either way, good or bad. You know, still names getting out there, and you know, people are still talking about it. So, either way, you know, I'm just happy to be a world champion. At the end of the day, it's something we strive for in our sport, and I think to me, it's like pretty much the Super Bowl of our sport. All right, let's get right to this. So I just asked Bernie, and I think you were back in queue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully you heard us. So, so we were talking about the whole trash talking thing, thing right? So let's just let's just I mean, let's just talk about it. So where where and and again, I don't know if you heard me asking Bernie, but you know, I started asking the players. Okay, fine. So, but where do you want the sport to be? Do you want it to be golf, or do you want there to be some talking? Do you want this to be more animated and more emotional? And nobody said that they wanted it to be golf. So where, I mean, obviously you were the one that I'm going to say started the controversy, even though I don't think it's controversy because I, again, I hear it all the time in other sports, but you yeah. were the, kind of the one that that's the subject of all this. So I'll ask you, I mean, what, what, how do you want the sport to look? Um, you know, I like it energized and I'm not, if, if I dish it out, I can take it as well. I'm not going to be mad if Mark would have turned around, made a four bagger and say, Oh, I didn't choke or somewhere. Like he won the game. <laughs> If he would have won that game and he would have said something to me, that would have been what it was. I mean, I have it coming. If if I can dish it out, you got to be able to take it. I come from a different sports of playing basketball, playing baseball, where, like, if you're bad, the catcher might say something behind you. Or if somebody's, like, you're playing defense on somebody, somebody's talking trash when they're coming up the court. Like, that's just where I've came from, and, like, I'm used to it. So I think people in cornhole just aren't used to it yet. Like, they've seen Cody and Adam, but it hasn't been – in a long time that there's been somebody up there that's dished out stuff like that. I think that's, I think that's a hundred percent valid. I mean, if you've played, and I just said it before, if you've played any sports beyond middle school, I'm not talking about church league basketball. I'm talking about real regulated athletics. Talking is an inherent part of the game. I got called OP Taylor more times than I know what to count playing high school basketball. (laughs) And I mean, it, it's just part of, it. I mean, it's just, and if you let it get to you, then they've won. That's the whole point. The only reason someone's talking is to get in your head, period. Right. Yeah, you got to try to do something. I mean, do I mean, do you, do you see them? Mark and Phil, man, that's one of the greatest teams in the league. And I'll take nothing away from either one of them. They're both great players. It's just trying to get a little edge any way you can. Yeah. I just, and look, every player shouldn't do it. Right. I mean, it's just, it's not a part of everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. There's going to be certain. Look, I'll give you maybe maybe one of the green games, original trash talkers, but he does it in a weird sort of way is Damon Dennis. 
Damon Dennis telling you, oh, God, that's such a good bag. And, and he's just kind of telling you how great you are and how great you are. That's trash talk in its own way. Mm-hmm. And he would admit that if you ask him that <laughs> yeah. off the record. Yeah, you know, he, he, he's trying to kind of make you feel so comfortable and so relaxed that you'll make a mistake. I mean, that's trash talk. That's all trash talk is, is you're trying to gain an advantage psychologically over your opponent. That's it. That's why I think there is a level, right? There is a line. You yeah. can get to a line and you can cross it where you've gone too far, but I think it's an inherent part of all sports. Now, if I would if I would have went on his side of the board or, you know, when I was fist bumping, if I would have said something like, you know, outrageous, then I could see everyone's reaction. But like people were saying it was in his throw, but I said it as the bag was like mid release. Like it was yeah. literally leaving my hand. I knew the bag was good. So I said something. If I miss that bag, you know how bad Everyone on Facebook or everyone, even the announcers are going to be like, oh, man, you shouldn't have said that. Or, you know, there would have been backlash for that. But I made it and now we came back and won. And now everyone wants to make a big deal out of it, where as if we would have lost that game, I don't think it would have even been talked about. Yeah. All right, that, all right, that, all right. So two things here. So you mentioned announcers and the exact words that were said. So, Jordan, believe it or not, there are a few people who listen to this show who maybe are not huge cornhole uh, you know, watchers every weekend. Uh, Jade. maybe, didn't, maybe, didn't, maybe didn't. so Jade, we're talking to you. Yeah. Uh, and maybe didn't see, maybe didn't see the world championships. So I, I will tell you, as far as the announcer side goes, when, when we have the headset on, it really muffles everything. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I don't, I don't think I actually heard everything that you said. I do remember when you said, um, after Mark had missed a bag, you know, even the number one player in the world gets nervous. Mm-hmm. Is, is that exactly what you said? Or was there, or was there a, even the number one player in the world gets blank and nervous? No, he no. might be number one, but he still Bernie, gets nervous. Bernie, this question isn't for you. I witnessed it. I listened to it. I heard yeah. it. There but was I a, asked Jordan. There wasn't any, <laughs> I, I watched it back multiple times. You know, I didn't swear at him. I didn't, I just said huh? the number one, he might be the number one player in the world, but he still gets nervous. And the only thing I was a little irritated with was the whole Phil, like he clapped. I don't think Phil realized I had a bag left or maybe he did. But when Phil like started clapping in the middle of my throw, that's why I was like, that's where the, like the, I'll give you something to clap about boy came from because ah, okay. it was like that, he started that, clapping prematurely. And I was like, man, that's like, I wouldn't do that in someone's backswing. That's just, you know, if it was in Mark's backswing, that's why I went back and watched the video too, because if I would have done it in Mark's backswing, I would have been the first one to go public on Facebook and say, and tag Mark, say, hey, man, you know, I made a mistake. I did in your backswing. That's uncalled for. But as it was leaving my hand, I didn't, you know, I watched it back multiple times. I didn't think it was uncalled for or stepped over the line in any way. Okay. I have, I, all right. Thank you for that. Cause I have not had a chance to go back and watch it. I really wanted to go back and watch the broadcast before uh, having you come on. I didn't get a chance to do it. But all right. So the one thing was even the number one player in the world gets nervous. The other thing that I didn't hear, because again, Trey and I were ta- are talking. We've got, I mean, Bernie knows this. We've got, we've got uh, David in our, in our ears. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to listen to, to what Trey's saying and trying to figure out the score and everything. So I don't always mm-hmm. catch everything. So the other thing that, that, that you said was, I'll give you something to clap about. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're talking about came from. So you thought that, that Philip, um, clapped in your backswing. Yeah. Like as I was going to throw, you know, I, I saw him clap and I heard it, Got but like it. It, it wasn't affecting me. I mean, when you get up there, you're so focused, like people could be going crazy in the crowd and, Honestly, like we didn't even notice um, a funny story. My stepdad said, you know how the chairs like you have to push them down and sit in them. And then like 
So he, he got up for a quick second, I guess, and all of a sudden he thought the chair was down and he fell like straight on the straight on the ground. <laughs> and he was like, did you see that? And I was like, no, I was like, I was so focused. That I didn't even recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see I, the, the earpiece I had in was actually clued into the mics for the players this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I actually heard all, all the chit chat and the thing with Philip, I don't think it was intentional. I think, I think it was Mark hit a big bag. And I think he like, I think he may have, I don't think he forgot, but I think he was just cheering the big bag. But I remember you saying that. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> like, yeah. Here we go. Like to me, like, all right, let's play. Right. Mm-hmm. Let, let, now, now all the kindness is done. You know, look, and, and you're right. Let's say Mark hits one of those slide bags kind of, you know, when it was still 20 to seven or 20 to nine, whatever it was, game's over. But matter, right? But yeah. y'all had to do something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. At that point, you're down a huge amount. I mean, you one mistake, one bag right or left, one bag short of the board, anything. I mean, any mistake we made, that would have been game. But me and Jay, I think it was our grind throughout the year and our tough losses, really, like even getting double-dipped in Chicago – I think if that doesn't happen, I don't know maybe if we pull off that world championship because we've learned through our losses so much. And that's the thing I think is key for me and him is when we lose, you have to take something away from it because if not, then, you know, it's, I don't think you're really growing as a player. All right. So, again, for those who didn't see it, we are talking the highest stage that there is in the sport for Cornhole. And this is the doubles world championship. And it's Mark Richards and Philip Lopez Jr. I mean, Mark, Mark has won everything. Mark's been the MVP. He's the number one player in the world. He's already won the world singles championship. He swept in Chicago. He had a perfect game. So all of a sudden, Mark and Philip come up against this guy that we're talking to today, Jordan Power and Jay Rubin. And the score is 20 to 2. Mark and Philip are on top. So, Jordan, at that point, when it's 20 to 2, is there any doubt? in your mind at all? I mean, what, what are you and Jay talking about? Are you not talking at all? What, what, I mean, what, what's the self-talk in your head when it's 20 to two for the world championship? Yeah, we were just, I told him even when we were down 20 to two, actually it was funny. If you watched the broadcast back, I actually went to shake Mark's hand cause I got the score mixed up. I thought the game was over. I so then that. I had to reset and I was like, I told Jay, I was like, Hey, we're down 19. Like we can do this. It's just going to, like Jay said in the beginning of the game, it's going to be a long grind. Versus those two, those games are always a long grind. We play them at conference. We've played them at opens. And playing Mark and Phil's style of game, yes, Mark can get the chunk rounds, but for majority of the time, he's going to look to slide, and Phillip's going to look to do the same thing. So you got to wait until one of you guys make mistakes, either one team or the other. And I think early on they caught us making those mistakes when Mark had two, like he had one on the hole and one to the right. I wasn't capitalizing, getting the four as I should. I was maybe washing, or even the one round, I threw a eight to his ten and he ended up getting two. I think at the end of the game, we just started really executing our shots, and there was a point in the game where I asked Jay, I said, do you want me to slide through everything, or would you want me to block? He said, "He said block, and I was like, are you sure? Because, I mean, sometimes my blocks go right or left, and I and he was like, yeah, I have full faith in you. I said, okay, I'll lay it up, and sure's, I mean, I laid it up, and he missed, and we got some points out of it, so. Unbelievable what happened, and and I think the thing that's the, I don't know what's I don't know what was more shocking to me, the fact that Mark and Philip you know started missing some shots and explicably going off the board, or the fact Jordan that and this is my favorite part of the game, when when there is a team or a player who has to be perfect when your opponent is on twenty Jordan, <laughs> you can't miss, no. you have to be ag- absolutely perfect, and I don't know how you and Jay 
I mean, it, it's one thing to be down 20 to two and come back and score offense, to, you know, to, but, but you can't miss. Like, I just can't imagine what that pressure is like. But all right, so it's 20 to two, it's 20 to four. And then all of a sudden, I feel like it's 20 to 16. Like, what, what were the, what were, what was the big turning point of that? I can't remember. I, there was one round where like we had the air mills. Like, there was like, I hit three straight air mills and he hit the first one and then missed the second. Or maybe he missed the third. I think he hit two and then missed the third. Yeah, he missed the third. Yeah, he had, and I, he had a slide to win it. And he took the airmail. Yep, and I, uh, I hit the, I hit the airmails, and I think that was a big turning point because then I started talking. I said, you know, I said you got to make him hit something, and meaning as not Mark can't hit something, but you got to at least try to make him hit something. You can't just leave him the whole hole. You got to put something in his way to give him something to think about because you've seen in the singles, Mark was easily just sliding in the hole, sliding in the hole, going yeah. through blocks. And my best thought in my head was, hey, try to get the hole like dirty, try to get the board muddy and see what happens. So let me ask you a question back to something you said a couple minutes ago. Because you guys have played them so many times in conference, was that an advantage? Uh, I, I truly believe so, yes, because we knew their play style. And somewhat I know how to try to block Mark and where his landing zone is. And stuff like if you don't play them on the regular, maybe just watching film, you wouldn't pick that up. But playing them so many times at conferences, playing them at opens, playing them, you know, all over the place. We travel, right. you know, almost every weekend. And those guys are at a majority of the tournaments we go to. So, yeah, I think it did have a factor in coming back in that. Hey, Jordan, I, did you have you talked to Mark or Philip after uh, after the – yeah, so Mark hit me up the next morning. He said, congrats, man. And I told him, I said, you know, heck of a run you made the whole weekend. I told him, you know, singles was one of the most dominating fashions I have ever seen out of any player in the world. I mean, and I give up the props. I even told him on the ESPN broadcast, I said, Mark and Phil are two of the greatest, you know, that have played this game and will continue to be because their drive and their determination. I know how bad Mark wants it. And I just, I had a drive. Jeff, you could attest to it in the morning. I said, man, I'm not letting Mark sweep this. I don't care what happens. You, you're going to have to chop off my right arm if you want this just to lay down. And that's just not me. I'm going to give it everything like you guys seen till we had 21. Well, that was a great transition because that was going to be my next story was yes. Uh, when you walked into the arena that morning, and yeah, I think I told this on the air too. But yeah, when you walked into the arena that morning, you look like you were about ready to kill somebody. I mean, <laughs> you were just mad and 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 really I shouldn't say mad, determined, like seriously determined. And yeah, you said it ends today. He is not winning today. And and for those who don't know, there's two sets of interviews you guys have to do. You have to do interviews with with Michelle and I where we can try and you know get some background information on you guys. And then and then there's another interview seg segment where you guys go over in front of the camera and give, uh, you know, give a few video clips that we showed during the actual broadcast. And mm -hmm. I said to you, after you said that, I said, uh, and this is where I knew you were fired up. I said, did you tell the TV guys that? And you're like, no, do you want me to? I'll go tell him right now. I'll go tell Mark <laughs> to his face. And I was like, whoa. And I'm like, wow. All right. This is a game on today, but mm -hmm. you were fired up. It, it, it's almost like you, uh, I mean, you really saw that it was going to happen. And I, I know you didn't think you'd come back from 20 to two, but it's almost like you envisioned that day happening for you. Yeah, you know, you get to this you get to this spot in the sport and you know, I believe in my talent 100%. I do believe eventually we'll be back up there competing for a world championship even maybe next year. But the thing is, you got to seize the moment. You got to go right then and there. There's no time like the present. You got to go. You're in the final four of a world championship. That that doesn't happen, you know, every day. It doesn't happen every year. I fell short last year to Trey Birchfield 
and that stung that that made me go home and start practicing you know four or five hours a day almost playing seven days a week because i never wanted to feel that way when i felt, walked off the court again what i was going to say what gives you the drive but like now that you've gotten to this point and you're, you're kind of making that point as i'm asking it you know how hard is it to stay there because I mean, now I mean, I would say within the last year, year and a half, you've really made a name for yourself. People know who Jordan Power is, mm -hmm. and is it a much harder grind to stay there, or was it harder coming up? Um. So, like Ryan Windsor so told me one time, he told me last year in Vegas, he said, you know, being getting to the top isn't the hardest, but staying at the top is, mm -hmm. because you have people like me that seen Mark keep winning and keep winning and. You know, you hear around the venue, oh, man, this guy seems like he's unbeatable. He's unbeatable. But if you have the mindset, you can beat anyone. And I've played, you know, I've stood against Matt Guy, Brett Guy, Jamie. And to me, Mark is Mark is a phenomenal player, but that doesn't separate from what Matt or any of them done. I look at him the same as I look at them, and I think anyone's beatable. I think you just got to have a mindset going in. You cannot be scared. You cannot have a second of doubt in your mind. And I think some people, when they step up against Mark and Phil, they do have that doubt because of how dominant of a team they have been. All right. Another question for you, real quick. Mm -hmm. Because of all this quote-unquote controversy, I, I don't see anything wrong with it, but obviously there's always going to be some people that do. That and being a world champion, how do you feel about having that target on your back going into next season? Oh, yeah, going into next season, oh, I – I know when we step up against Mark and Phil, there may be some trash talk. They may do some trash talk. I, <laughs> I really don't know, but I know people this next year are going to try to get in my head and give me back what I gave them. But, you know, I'm all for it. If, if someone wants to talk trash to me, that's fine. You know, like I said earlier, I can – if you can dish it out, you got to be able to take it. That's the main thing. And I feel like I can. And even, like, um, in the team's event, you know, you had a lot of people cheering against me. And I just looked at Joe and I said, hey, man, like, you want to shut these guys up or what? I'll say, let's go right now. <laughs> hey, while we're while we're still talking about the trash talking, I want to ask you something because I've I've talked about this um, in conversations without you. So I just want to ask you directly: Do you feel like the trash talking ever takes away from your game? Because Jordan, I love watching you compete, brother. But I feel like there's been a couple times where the talking gets to the point where it distracts you mm -hmm. from being at the top of your game. A hundred percent. I think I've done better throughout the year about not letting it and not really chirping at the fans as much because you do when you're playing somebody from like, say, Texas. If you're playing Caleb Batson, you're going to have AJ Sims. You're going to have Josh Gross. You're going to have Eddie Grandersleeve. You're going to have all of them behind the boards chirping the whole time while you're playing because they're supporting their guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. At the World Championships, I had some of my people following around doing the same thing. So I think it's just part of playing a sport. you got to be able to tune out the fans and just try to get done what the mission is. So, so to Bernie's point, and this is a great point early in the broadcast, we're all fine with the trash talking, right? Until it gets personal. So mm -hmm. where, where do you feel like it crosses the line? So obvi obviously everything that you said, we've already gone over, but where, <laughs> where does it cross the line in your opinion? Um, I like, feel what like are you the, not going to say? Yeah. Like, I feel like, um, like, this like swearing is like a main thing like you can't just start just on a tirade of just like keep saying <laughs> stuff like little like one-liners and stuff is okay and i feel like that's like needed because it gets excitement but you can't start you know personally attacking the guy's like family or you know the people supporting him or stuff like that like that stuff i think if you were to get in like a tirade and you know espn had to block your mic for a whole like three minutes 
that would be a little excessive. But saying like <laughs> you might get nervous like that, I I think there's a huge gap between what people are thinking and like what I actually said. Hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with that. I think people in their own minds have taken one small sentence and turned it into you saying a hundred different things. Oh yeah, no. And it has. And, you know, you know, I just want to first and foremost apologize, you know, to the ACL or Stacy, if anything, you know, anything you got bad look or anything like that. Cause that's not what I'm trying to do to the sport at all. I'm trying to help grow it. And, you know, my local area, I help to try help a lot of the guys or anyone that asks questions. I always DM them back and I'm always trying to help them. And, you know, I just don't want the sport to get a bad look. That's all. I, I love the sport and I'm trying to help grow it as much as possible. Well said, brother. Well said. All right. Hey, in, in the limited time that we have left, let's let's back up real quick because I do want you to. Th- th- this is a you know for the twelve or thirteen people who listen, uh, so, something that <laughs> something that they like to to hear about is a turning point in your guy's career. And and I do remember having this conversation with you that when you first started, you weren't good at all. Mm. So what did you, and now you're a world champion and you haven't been playing in that long. So, so what did you do to, because, because that's one of the great things about this sport, right? You guys make it look easy and now everyone thinks that they can do it. So mm-hmm. even though it's not that easy, how did you go from when you first started playing and you weren't that good mm-hmm. to all of a sudden becoming a world champion? Like how, how did you decide? When did you start? How, what was your process in becoming a professional? So player? I would say about three years ago, there's a guy, Mike Jack was, you guys might know him. He was a, a pro previously, and he laid down the foundation kind of in Michigan. He was the first guy to really break out. Him and Dave Moores were close to TV a couple times, and he would help me later at blind draws. Like, he would pull me aside and be like, hey, like, we start throwing halfway to the board. Like, all of a sudden, I'm just throwing a bag to him, just releasing it, making sure it's flat, has rotation. And then eventually, we started working to the point, like, he would take a step back. And then we'd work all the way till we got to the board to where it looked good, and it felt good off my hand. And then we would start doing that. But I think really where the transition happened was I played a competitive tournament in Philadelphia, uh, I think 20, 2019 or 2020. I'm not really sure. I think it was the 2020 season. We were in Valley Forge, and that was when the Nationals were all grouped together. And I had yeah. played competitive there, and I had failed. So the next next year, I think it was in Florida, there was one in Fort Lauderdale. And I had won the competitive national. And I got a bunch of confidence from that, and I felt really good. And I ran along a lot of the pros now, like um, Allison Peters, for example. Like She was someone I played in that bracket finals to get to the main finals. And I think that gave me a lot of confidence. But during COVID, when everything was like shut down, I was also outside throwing like four or five hours a day. I would throw with like other pros in the area, like Jeremy Shermerhorn, Derek Singleton, people like that. And those guys were very helpful to my success now of, helping me stay like level-headed and never too high, never too low. Like, you know, I am one to beat myself up if I do bad or something like that. But they tell me, hey, just relax. Like there's other tournaments. You're going to be good. Just get back and stay focused. And I really took everything to heart. And I just think the practice and like routines I do, like setting bags all around the board. And I practice for hours during COVID doing like those ghost cornhole, like ghost eight or ghost nine, ghost ten. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I think repetition and muscle memory, just like any other sport, really propelled me to another level. So I like that you brought up the other pros in your area because I, I think it brings up an interesting point for those, once again, that watch that don't know much about the sport. We essentially have 14 conferences. And Jordan comes out of the Great Lakes Conference. 
And Great Lakes has been making a run, been making a move over the past couple of years. Because, I mean, because look, look, I mean, let's be honest, there was a time when it was not a forgotten conference, but it wasn't considered one of the elite conferences. It wasn't, you know, where the mid, the mid South or even the Southeast now, or the Carolinas. I mean, now Great Lakes has made a statement, right? I mean, you've got you guys, Mark Richards. I mean, is Mark Richards from that conference or is he from the other? No. Uh, in our conference, we have like running down the teams just quickly. It'd be me and Jay, yeah. Mark and Phil, Bernasek, yeah. Tom Gustafson, Derek and Jeremy, Joe Nista, Nico Morellas, Noah Almanza, Dave Morris, uh, just to name a few. Yeah. So burst on the scene the last couple of years. I mean, is that just from playing each other all the time that everyone uh, just gets better and better and better because you're just you're you're beating the hell out of each other? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the saying it's like iron sharpens iron, you know, it's just like playing against one another. You can only take losing for so long before you're like, OK, look, I'm going to look back at the film. I'm going to look back at what I'm doing and see what the heck I can do to try to propel myself to a victory. Because for a long time, I did lose to those guys. I was going to tournaments and losing early on in tournaments, but I just never gave up. I just knew there was something in me that I could get there if I just kept practicing because I felt like this was just like any other sport over time, I would get better and better. And then it just started happening. And it was a crazy roller coaster because when you started getting better, it was like up and down. Like one day I would go to the boards and I felt like I was unbeatable. And then the next day you go to a tournament, you go one and two and it's like, what the heck's going on? But then eventually the, you know, the rankings and stuff and standings just started increasing. And now here we are world champs. It feels crazy. By the way, only someone from Michigan says iron sharpens iron. <laughs> Come on. Right? From Flat Rock, Michigan. <laughs> going, to, going, going to Eastern Michigan University. Yeah. You probably went to football games at the factory. I've actually done football games there. But the field, the field is gray. The stadium is gray and green. It's just, I mean, it looks like you're walking into a factory. Yeah. Iron, iron sharpens iron. Um, you know, one more thing as far as the inspiration goes for your background as well. Um, never really had a chance to develop the story, but um, I, I know one of the first conversations we also had, you talked about being raised by a single mom. So what 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 did your you know what what kind of kid were you coming up, and how important obviously was was your mom to your success? Yeah, you know, uh, my brother and sister did a great job of kind of helping my mom raise me because. At one time, like, she was out trying to make ends meet, like, working. So I would go to school, you know, and she wouldn't start her day until, like, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I'd come home, and, you know, my brother and sister would be at home, and then she would come home later at night, you know, as I was getting ready to go to bed and stuff. So I think it's just, like, motivation. She always taught me, like, never give up on what you want. Like, if you want something, go chase it. Like, just don't – you can never just give up. That's just not something that was taught in our household. It's always, like, shooting for the stars. And I, I carry that way through sports. I carry that way through school. It's just everything I do in life, it's just a constant grind. And I just remind myself, like, if she did it, raising all three of us by herself, like, your your life's not that bad at the end of the day. Was, was your dad, I don't want to get too personal, was your dad a part of your life at all? Uh, No. So I met him, like, once or twice. But, yeah, he wasn't wasn't a part of my life. But, you know, at some points, you know, it, it would have been cool. But then at other points, it's like I'm, I'm thankful for everything and the way life panned out because right now I couldn't be more blessed for what I'm doing. I'm, I'm getting to travel the world and play cornhole for a living like this. It doesn't get much better than that. All right. What, one, one last question for you, J just, just to, to uh, have the human related relatability factor here, mm -hmm. even world champions out there have issues. So Bernie, you don't realize this, but so Jordan 
after winning the world championship, being on this extreme high, comes back to his home and it's like flooded. Like yeah. the water heaters burst. <laughs> yeah. So that's so tell that story that you what you had to come home to yeah, after the so world championships. I have three cats and I walked in the back, like, because we live in a trailer, a two bedroom trailer. So you have the front bedroom and there's a back bedroom with like a master uh, bathroom and stuff. So we had that door shut because I didn't want the cats getting in there messing around with stuff. So I closed the door, but when I opened it, it was like steam just hit me in the face. Like the whole mirror was foggy and like there was moisture all over the walls. And I was like, what the heck is this? So my girlfriend, (laughs) Ashley, she ran around to the back of the house. Sure as heck, when she ran around to the back of the house, there was like a puddle back there. So then we start, there's like a little like, um, I don't know. There's like white little pieces like that, that, you know, keep the animals out get from underneath the trailer. So we pulled those out as quick as possible. And we got, uh, we turned off the hose and turned off the water got to stop leaking. And then my brother actually is here now. And he came, he came over and we figured it out. It's like a little piece, like of, of the pipe that like went bad and it started leaking through the pipes, but like the whole bottom's all soaked still. Ugh. Oh my God. That is brutal. <laughs> By the way, short guys raised by single mothers, our personalities are just better. <laughs> That's just a fact. Right? I, I agree. I, I, I know two on the screen right now who are pretty good guys. <laughs> yeah. So, where, so Jordan, where do you practice? Do, do you practice outside? Do you have, have a practice facility inside? Where do you go to practice? So, last year I did have a practice facility inside. But now it's more like I'm practicing at blind draws or I will pull out the boards and practice in like the lot next to me. But I try to make sure it's early in the morning so there's no really wind or it's simulating what is inside. So I either do it there. I try to do it later at night when like the sun's going down. And, you know, it's not the flattest surface in the world. So sometimes, you know, you have bags, you know, they feel you throw good, but it went off the board. But you also got to realize you're tossing outside. So it's Mainly, like, when I'm inside practicing at, like, a blind draw or playing a blind draw, I'll take bags and go to, like, a far set of boards and just sit around and throw for a little bit because that's how I get my practice in. But I'm looking for more facilities inside because I do want to, as the winter months get here in Michigan, you can't throw outside. I mean, you yeah, could, sure. but you'd have to be in two coats and gloves on your hands <laughs> and not catch a frostbite. So, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen your I've seen your partners trying to practice outside in the wintertime in Chicago. Yeah. They, they, they ain't working. That ain't, yeah. <laughs> Jay, Jay's a different breed, man. He'll bring out the boards when it's 20 degrees outside and grab 16 bags and start throwing. <laughs> I know. I've seen it. I've seen oh, it. Man. Hey, dude. Hey, congratulations on the win. And uh, I, I knew I knew this future was possible for you. And uh, you, you could just see it when you were a young player. And I, 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 I could just tell watching you last season. So all the best. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, continued success. We'll see you again down the road. Thanks, brother. Hey, I appreciate you guys both bringing me on the show and you know, rooting me on throughout the year and stuff. So it means the world to me. And I just want to say thanks to Ultra Cornell for, you know, letting me do this full time and not have to go get a nine to five. So <laughs> right on. All right, brother. Hey, love watching you play. We'll, we'll talk again soon. Okay. You, Appreciate you guys. All right. Jordan power. Wow. Boy, some really, really good points there. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, just kind of chew on it right now and digest that. But, uh, I, I, st- I don't think my opinion has changed at all um from where we started the show i mean yeah. and and i don't feel again i haven't watched it back um but i don't feel like anything that was done bernie crossed the line in my opinion again comparing it to other sports I again, don't either. i'll go back and watch it and see if, if there was an f-bomb or or some, something else in there but it sure doesn't sound like it no there, there's literally nothing wrong what he said i mean did it work i think it did to a degree i mean i think mark got rattled not for a very long time 
But for a small amount of time, I think Philip definitely got rattled. And I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a combination of things, right? It's like, oh, man, we're blowing this lead. And then you hear the chirping, right? So then it's like, oh, okay, like, you know, you're Compounds. blowing the lead. You, yeah, you know, you're blowing the lead. And then you start hearing it. That's just got to drive you crazy. But that's why you do it. I mean, look, it's one thing to talk. And I think people get like, remember when UNL, all right, I'm going to make a basketball ref, college 1990 UNLV. We got 45 seconds. All right, how good they were. Almost yes. never lost them talking. It's like, dude, you're so good. Do you really need to talk? We get it. You're great. But talking when you're down and coming back and you find <laughs> and you're finding a way to grind into someone that yes. is that's fun. Yeah, that was amazing. You know, and the fact the fact that Mark reached out to him, Mark yeah, wouldn't have dude, done that Mark, if he thought there was Mark anything knows. that crossed. And Mark, Mark's an athlete. Mark He's played knows. other sports. Mark knows. Mark knows. Yeah. All right, brother. Hey, uh, thanks for a great week. Seriously, thanks to you. Thanks to Trey. Thanks to Stacy. Uh, to the ESPN, everyone at Tupelo for a terrific, terrific week. Congratulations to all the players out there who won championships. Uh, really, I mean, what what a great week. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, man. We've still got the shootout to go, so uh, I will <laughs> see you in Wichita. I won't see you in Wichita. Oh, all right. Well, I'll see you. I'll, I'll be in-, in Europe, buddy. Oh, that's right. All right. Well, I'll see you in California. Yeah, I'll see you in Cali. All right, we got to go. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. See you.